Let's pray together. Lord, you're always speaking to us. Uh, To that, we give you thanks. You're speaking to us right now by your Spirit, through your Word. There can be a lot that uh, encircles our hearts. Uh, Sometimes it's thinking what we're going to do today. Uh, Maybe it's thinking about a game that's going to come on. Maybe it's thinking about plans. It's thinking about uh, getting that shopping done, uh, getting the tree up, getting the tree up again. There's a lot that can just block us to what you're saying. So my prayer, and it's my prayer every Sunday, uh, that you'd melt uh, whatever's surrounding our hearts. And especially I pray that you would melt some of the tougher stuff, uh, like bitterness uh, and unbelief and envy and pride. I know that you can. So my, my prayers for us, your people, that you would just overwhelm us and we'd, we'd let go and let you melt our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for speaking. Thank you that your word is best and your word is love. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Have a seat. Uh, thank you again, uh, worship team, for, uh, for steering us to the Lord. Y'all can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. A familiar story uh, that we will read uh, and tie into today. Matthew chapter 1 will be in verse 18 through 25, uh, where we will camp out. We'll also tie in a few verses from the passage in Philippians, uh, which Kathy read. Before we do that, I want to say a word. Uh, It is a word that is very important, I think, to all of us in some way, form, or fashion. Uh, The word is simply love. Love. Uh, It's important because I think uh, not just our hearts, uh, but but our very lives uh, focus on, on getting love. I mean, we, we want to be, if we're honest, uh, we want to be loved uh, by others. Uh, maybe it's by peers. Uh, hopefully, you want to be loved by your spouse, hopefully. Uh, by children, by family. Uh, our, our life can be uh, structured to receive love, also to give love. But, and you may not look at the world the way I do, but I think everybody always, it, it goes to self-interest. So often we give love to get love. I say that because this is Advent, and each Sunday uh, there's a theme. Uh, now, now overall, Advent is about Jesus coming. Uh, that Jesus came in the past. It's a historical fact. Jesus comes now by the power of His Spirit, and Jesus, we believe, will come in the future. Literally, skies open up, Jesus will come again. Uh, that is our, our hope. Uh, but today, it's, uh, it's the, the Sunday about love. And so often, our love is like saying, I love you. Uh, or saying, you know, I love you, sweetie, to that sweetie, my wife. Or I love you, bro. Uh, or I love you, mom, dad. Or often, we will say, hey, I am in love. I said that to her, nobody else. I'm in love with you. But here's the deal, and I I really hope you think about this both today, this week. We don't truly love someone until we love with them. So the idea is to love with 
a person. And I don't think you ever really, really love that person until you are willing to love with them. With them. You're like, what, kind of, what are you talking about? We'll see. We'll see in this passage. We'll see, hopefully, in our lives. So Matthew chapter 1, familiar story, Christmas story, but let's see what it has to say for us this Christmas. Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. To love with somebody. To love with someone. Uh, We see this in this passage. Uh, We see Joseph loving with someone. We see God uh, loving with us. And I hope that inspires us to love with one another. First off, Joseph. You know, I don't know about you, but I always think Joseph is like, he's the dude that gets shortchanged in the Christmas story. But not just in the Christmas story, in in the Christian faith, Joseph gets shortchanged. Because think about his situation, okay? So he's engaged to be married, uh, to marry, let's say love of his life, had not had sex with her yet, okay, that's a good deal, good man there, and all of a sudden, finds out she's pregnant, it ain't his, you know, small town, you know, anybody live in a small town here, we all do, we're from Mississippi, Um, Jackson too, okay, we're all small town, we know how it goes, I mean, put yourself in, like, uh, his sandals or something. You know what I, mean? I mean, he is like, what's going down? And the great thing about Joseph is that Joseph makes a decision. Yes, the angel comes to him in a dream, but he decides, hey, I'm going to love with Mary. Uh, this kid's not my own. I'm going to love with Mary. Uh, it is Mary's child. You know, I mean, Apostles' Creed. Born of the Virgin Mary. That's a big part of our our faith. But Joseph is here, and he's like, great, not my kid. But he's going to love with Mary. And I I know, I believe he grows to love Jesus as though, but that moment, this moment, this time. And some of you may have been or are in situations like this. But, I mean, what an unselfish Loving, true love act. Say, I'm going to love with Mary. You know, I'm, I'm not really getting a lot out of this. You know, probably scandalized, uh, probably looked down upon, you know, by, uh, you know, by my dudes, 
my bros in the carpentry shop or industry in Nazareth, you know, probably like, man, you know, what are you doing? But he did this. He made a decision to love with. To love with Mary. Some of us, okay, uh, let me talk to husbands here. Uh, Some of us as husbands uh, need to better love with our wives, okay? Uh, Because also, we'll, we'll say, hey, I love you. Hey, I'm in love with you, but, but often it's so that we can, we can get some love. Uh, amen, dudes? You might want to be honest? Amen. amen. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for one. But often that's, we want to get love or, hey, you know, we'll, we'll do something nice so we can get some time on our own. Um, you know, I have played this game, especially this time of year, hunting season. Amen. amen. A few more amens, maybe? Okay. And we'll give love to get love. And often we don't say, hey, I'm going to love with you. And, and often, you, we can really see this in this time of year, husbands, because we got to deal with in-laws. Amen? I mean, seriously. And so, give you an example. She didn't know I was going to say this. I mean, my wife's mom. Amen, sweetie? Say it. Just say amen. Amen, yeah. My wife's mom, she would say, not easy to love. And so I have to make the decision... Over and over again, I'm going to love with you to love your mom. I'm going to love with you here. It's hard for me to love her, but I will. I will. So, now, where do we, where do we get this power, this ability, this, this love? It, it, let me say this. It doesn't come from, it's not, it's not natural. It comes from God, and we see true love with in God coming to be with us. So now we see Joseph loving with, we see God loving with us in in this passage. We see God saying, I'm not going to leave you alone. I mean, you may have never thought about it like this. God didn't have to come to be with us. Okay? I mean, he created us, and I always like to say this, uh, your Savior also happens to be your Creator, but your Creator did not have to be your Savior or our Savior. You see what I'm saying? He didn't have to say, he could have left us on our own to just like, honestly, destroy ourselves in sin, in my belief. But he said, no, I'm going to come be with you uh, in every way possible. In flesh, I'm going to enter into a womb. God was in a womb, the Creator became a baby. I'm not going to leave you alone. This is what we mean over and over again. No one ever has to be alone. In Jesus, no one is alone. God with us. And God said, I'm going to love with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be with you. Some of you are already Christians. Some of you are not. I mean, I know there's some here that, that are not Christians. Probably some that we might think are Christians are not Christians. Thank God you're here. God is walking if you're a Christian with you. Uh, I love the passage that was read in Philippians uh, 1 verse. I believe we're going to put this up on screen. Philippians 1 6. It says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, and that would be God in your salvation, in being saved, in that moment, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, God is loving with you as you walk, as you, 
as you take these steps, as you go through multiple Christmases in your life, as you confront struggles in work, in relationships, in family, God is bringing a work to completion. I mean, that that is something to be celebrated if you're Christian. That is something that if you're not Christian, should encourage you about this deal we call Christianity, that God doesn't leave us. And even in the tough times, you know, we've heard about some tough times recently, brothers and sisters in our church family. uh, We had a brother and sister in Christ speak and share their testimony about losing a child uh, Wednesday night. And, And their testimony was the testimony of God that he's bringing his work to completion even through this even through death, that even a life of 15 days can bring another life to Jesus Christ. Amen? We should celebrate that. But God came to be with us and said, you don't have to be alone. Not only will he love us, and he does love us, he'll love with us. He'll love with us those hard people to to love. Maybe it's in-laws. Maybe it's Maybe it's just somebody you just can't, can't love. And he does it in this way. To look at verse 21 in Matthew 1. The angel's word says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Uh, you know, we often think of sin as like, uh, brother, I was talking about last night, half lit. So, drunk, I, look, when I was beginning Christianity, I thought sin, you know, drunkenness, premarital sex. I mean, that's, that's sin. We can cloak it like that. Uh, or maybe let's, uh, let's broaden it to uh, the seven deadly sins, throw some lust, some pride, some greed in there, some wrath, uh, these sins. But here he's saying he's going to save his people from their, from their sins, which means there's something that we can't save ourselves from. I was talking in one of uh, a small group Bible study that, that uh, I helped lead this week. And, and often, you know, and some of y'all here probably think this, that we think Christianity is like uh, we are drowning in the ocean and God throws out his life preserver and saves us. And that's being saved. Uh, that, that's a wrong way uh, of looking at what Jesus has done. Ephesians 2 says uh, you were dead. In your sins. So what we are, if we're not in Christ, we're we're at the bottom of the ocean, dead. And it's not a life preserver. It's a full oxygen tank that you are resurrected to life. Brought back from dead. Saved, literally from dead, to life. And, And if you don't know that, uh, and frankly, if, if you don't like praise God for that, but instead we, we praise at like the, um, the, the feely good stuff about Christianity or, or Christmas uh, or trying to make the world a better place, then I'll be honest, you don't know Christianity as it is. Because the message of Christianity is he saves us from our sins. Saves meaning you're dead and you need to be brought back to life. So God says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to come with you. I'm going to love with you as you walk. And that's what he has for us. Therefore, therefore, and this is for those of y'all who are Christian, but if you're not, what Christianity is about, once you know Christ, therefore we should love with one another. 
as the church. Because if God says, I'm going to come to you, I'm going to walk with you, I'm going to be with you, I'm going to love with you, then we need to say, I will love with you, brother. I will love with you, sister. Now, let me say this. It's very, very easy to do when things hit the fan and there is physical disease, there is emotional turmoil, uh, when, you know, just everything looks to be a mess. It is hard to do uh, with those people that we may see or think look to be picture perfect, but are really struggling inside, may not have been saved yet from their sins, to say, hey, I will love with you. Hey, it's, it's not in me to love with you, but because of Jesus, I will love with you and I will walk with you. I challenge all of us, me included, uh, to do that over Christmas, to do it all year round. That is the gospel. Amen? It's the gospel to say, I don't really get you, but I'll love with you, brother, sister. You know, where's the Bible that say that? You mean, I mean, I got to love, you know, this person that, uh, let's get real raw, uh, you know, that, that cheated on me. You know, I, I got to love this person. Who, who took away my spouse. I gotta love this person that cheated me in business. I gotta love this person that stabbed me in the back. I gotta, I gotta do these things. You're saying this. This is crazy stuff. You're jacked up. Are you smoking something? I might be. I'm not, okay? I'm not. I might. I might like to. But anyway, another story. For real. We're all dead in our sins. Now, verse 9, Philippians 1 9. He says, look, Paul. It's up on the screen. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Then he says, with knowledge and all discernment. He's writing this to a church. So a church like us, church in Philippi. He's saying love with one another. If you're you're saved by God, if you believe he's doing a work in you, then walk with one another, love with one another, with knowledge and discernment. And, and sometimes that knowledge and discernment means, you know, it can mean a soft love in hard times. It can mean, you know, a love that, is, that doesn't avoid or cover up um, the warts, doesn't put a Band-Aid on it, it's, it's real. But it is true love. I would say this, and I'll say it over and over again. You can't truly love anyone until you're willing to love with them. And the only way you can love with someone, maybe it's a spouse in this season. Maybe it's in-laws in this season. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's another church member. Maybe it's a brother and sister in Christ that you are at odds with. You cannot love with someone without Jesus Christ. It's the only way. I believe that to, to the depths of my being. It's the power of the gospel, the power of the word, the power of the spirit, people that wrong you, this radical stuff, this stuff that like, you know, I I will go to people, uh, to neighbors I don't know. I will go to people, John 10, 16, out of this fold. Uh, I will take up time out of my day, go to the hospital. I will do things in Christmas that do not benefit me, that are are not aligned with my self-interest. This radical, just unnatural, unworldly things only happens in the power of Jesus Christ who came to us to save us from our sins, to walk with us. Last thing I want to say real quick, okay? But I really think you got to know this. And, and often we get, especially at Christmas time, and like I said last week, I, man, I, I, 
I challenge you to find somebody who is, who is more bought in to Christmas than me. Okay? I mean, I, I love it every fire of my being, nativity scenes, trees. Um, I mean, I was devastated this week. I just broke a few ornaments. If, if that had happened to me, I mean, I'd be like, you know, I mean, depressions starting to hit. I mean, I'm bought in, Christmas music, It's a Wonderful Life's coming up. You know, Miracle on 34th Street. Y'all obviously do not know what I'm talking about. But anyway, good Christmas movies. I'm bought in, okay? But we get locked into this nostalgia of kind of the, the, the feely-feely, good stuff, beautiful lights. Uh, we miss the rawness of God saying, I'm not going to let you be alone. I'm going to come to you, which that makes it very, very messy. Uh, coming to, to live in this world to be in a womb, to be born, to be born in a stable that was probably a cave, to die a very, very bloody death for you and me. We, we miss that. Often, often in our church life, and think of churches like Big C Church, church everywhere, in Christianity, in the Christian world, okay? Just imagine the Christian world is like a world, a globe, okay? Like the earth, Christian world. Often we gravitate to the poles of the Christian world. And we, we love the poles most of all. And you're like, what are the poles? North Pole, South Pole. Let's pretend like the North Pole, because you hear a lot about that this time of year. But the North Pole would be like family. Family. We talk about it a lot. The family of Jesus. It's good stuff. It's a good thing. Uh, the family of Bellwether. Good stuff. Good thing. What we experience in the breakfast, uh, the fan, what we experience in the joining, uh, what, what I will proclaim, what I will preach, what the church made up, it's, it's one end, it's like a pole, and we grab it. That's what I want. That's, that's why I come to church. Francis Chan, I was listening to a sermon of his this week. I like Francis Chan a lot. He said, you know, early on in the church, first couple of years, people would come to him and said, hey, man, you know folks aren't here because of you. They're just here because they're friends. I was like, very true. Amen. You're like, I don't know if I say man. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I'd be like that probably too. I know that. But it's like friends, family. That's one pole. The other pole, we call this the South Pole because explorer territory, Antarctica. The South Pole is the mission work. Uh, particularly, is, and I love it, the global mission work. We're going to go off and we're going to save the world. We're going to plant churches, Europe, Asia, Africa, Central America, Give me some adventures. Give me some explorers for Christ. Let's go. Love that. And a lot of folks are drawn to that pole. And so you have these two ends of Christianese, of Christian world, that are very, very good and very, very biblical. God calls us to be a family, abound in love with one another, Philippians 1. God calls us to go, Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And so they are very, very in Christian world. But if we stay there in the poles, it gets really, really messy. Really, really messy. You're like, what do you mean? Because those become our idols. Our idols. What we're going to do for Jesus. Who we are for Jesus. We're such a great church. Man, we're really doing it right. Where we're going, all we're doing, we have to come to the equator, to the center. Right, what's the center? 
Sinner's easy. Sinner's Jesus. Sinner's the gospel. Sinner is what I just read about, but often the penny doesn't drop because we're so, we're so desiring of the love of family or desiring of adventure or call that we gravitate to the poles and we start slipping further and further away from the center of the equator, Jesus. And so my deal, my role, is to always pull us back to the center, which is that God said, I'm going to save my people from their sins. I will walk with you. I will complete the work that I have done in you. It is Jesus. He's the equator. He's the center. And if you, here's the thing. If you go to Jesus, he will send you to the poles uh, with more vigor, with more life, uh, with, with more strength, with more time where we don't get so burned out by both maybe the people in the family or the work of the mission, we've got to come back to Jesus. So this Christmas, may we, as we get caught up in the, for some of us, the beauty of nostalgia of the family and the call that God came to our world so we go to the world, but bring it back to Jesus, that he is the center of this church, that he is the center of your life, that he is the center that creates the family and shepherds the family and sends to the world. And if you have not come to Jesus, then let me just say plainly, come to Jesus. Uh, The idols are not going to do it. Uh, The idols that kind of look like sin of the parties, you know, drunkenness of that other person you want to have a fling with, an affair with. Uh, The good stuff that can become idols Uh, of family and friends, and even like call, bring it back to Jesus. He enlivens, he renews life, he restores life, gives energy. It's about him. Go to the center. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for being a God who loves with us. Thank you for giving us the supernatural power. I stress that word for myself, supernatural power. Uh, to love with others, and it's only in Jesus. So, Lord, bring me back to the center, bring us back to the center, which gives, which gives us new and refreshing breath of life, power of the Spirit, uh, to go into the world as your family, on mission. There are so many people who feel alone, who do not have to be alone, May we be a church who invites. May we be a church that is bold, that is courageous, that says, I'm going to take a risk for Jesus to just invite someone I don't know or don't like to a party, to church, to a Christmas Eve service. Let us do that. Let us, let us see the goodness of you, Lord. Thank you for coming to us, loving us, that we never have to be alone. In your name we pray. Amen.